Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Brian E. Roach. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and joining me for this Victory Tuesday episode of our show, welcome back a one, Mr. Brian E. Roach. A little little change up from having uh, Flash over here on the show, but uh, Flash, is, Flash is busier on Tuesdays and Victory Tuesdays, I think, tend to take a lot out of the youngsters, so... Brian, man, uh, I, I'd, I'd love to just say, how are you doing? Um, but we all know, and if you weren't aware, there were a lot of thoughts and prayers from our viewers and listeners out there uh, with your with your dad and your situation. So um, welcome back. And Mr. Blurry, Mr. Fuzzy, <laughs> autofocus is just, <laughs> it's just terrible. crazy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, other than the technical difficulties what's going on my friend oh, there i go how we doing I'm clear I'm, I'm once again clear well you know uh and I, I i appreciate the thoughts uh and and the kind wishes uh definitely november was not the most uh enjoyable month for me so i'm glad it's over um and i'm glad that it it's ending on somewhat of a high note especially after saturday because that was crap oh yeah for those who aren't aware that would be the ohio state uh buckeyes who laid a giant egg and i actually referenced that at the game yesterday brian i was saying that uh with some colts fans like i'm like i can't take another bad defeat this week so uh, it was good to see the steelers put something together i know some people are going to try and discredit it in certain ways uh but i just wanted to pause myself and uh as for the same from the viewers and listeners too, some thoughts and prayers out there for my dad who's in the hospital as well. So uh, we'll see uh, how things proceed when it comes to our recording schedules here. It's been a bumpy ride for us here at Steel City Underground as well. So uh, thank you for everyone who's here, watches, listens, supports wherever you're, wherever you're from. And a Monday night gets us all thrown off because it's now a Tuesday and we waited and held out for Mike Tomlin's press conference. Not a whole lot of juicy tidbits other than uh, he said something about angry little people, I think referencing Arthur Millette, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Uh, I'm surprised that isn't put that on a T-shirt somewhere. But uh, the Steelers come away with a road win, 24-17. to and it still was a tale of two halves. You were kind of sitting here watching the game in the second half and starting to think, oh, geez, are they going to regress back into what just happened at home against Cincinnati last week? And thankfully, that didn't happen. It didn't occur the whole way. But I think I want to prefer- preference, uh, preface. Preface? Preference. Well, it is my preference to preface. Jeez. I, I got you. Yeah. Dr. Seuss. Uh, I will not. Uh, Sam, I am. <laughs> Man, those books. Um, read those to the youngsters. Here's something for everyone to chew on. That was a nice little tidbit that came out of, out of this game. Number one, 40, uh, reported 43% of Lucas Oil Stadium was filled with Steelers fans. However, it wasn't as loud as Miami, Brian. Uh, Miami was a nuthouse. Um, for a dome yeah. stadium, I was a little disappointed in the crowd response but you could tell when cam hayward or tj watt turns around and looks in a certain portion of the field and throws their hands up and they're getting they're getting the noise 
some of the fans there weren't exactly happy about that. They're like, hey, look, Jim Mersey, look, uh, Jeff Saturday, <laughs> look at this. Uh, but the Steelers put up the most uh, points against this Colts team at home thus far this year. They actually scored more points against this Colts defense than the Kansas City Chiefs, who only had 20. Um, they had scored, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, hold on. I may have this backwards. The Kansas City Chiefs only scored 17. Uh, they scored as many as the Tennessee Titans, who also uh, put up 24 on them. So it's kind of interesting to see that the Steelers offense was doing some things that maybe even the Eagles a week before only 17 points that some of these other teams hadn't been able to do to date. I think that gives us a little bit of encouragement. Now they just got to be able to do it for four quarters. <laughs> Where to start? Where to start? Yeah. Um, There's a lot for yes. this game. There really is a lot to chew off. So I was trying to go right at Matt Canada, really. <laughs> Look, I, I think that the offensive unit is growing, which we knew would happen as the year went by. Um, do I still... Uh, think that there is an excessive uh, tendency to get cute. Yes, there is an excessive tendency to get cute in the play calling. Um, but when they are consistent, when they are 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 you know running an offense that isn't um, trying to be overly cute, they seem to be getting much more productive. Um, the offensive line is starting to get a little better at gelling with each other. Yes, they still have uh, some bad holding penalties. They still miss gap integrity. They still screw up assignments, like, uh, you know, uh, letting the number one pass rusher on the opposite team have a free run uh, at our quarterback. Not really the Ooh. best uh, look for the offensive line, but um, the run game has come to life. Benny Snell football showed up. Uh, Anthony McFarland showed up. Um, you know, it, everybody showed it up is, in the run game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It is progressing in, in, in a good way. The concerns in my mind still stem back to how the game is being called. Um, and the moments when the offense isn't taking advantage of what they've been doing well, um, or when they are not being creative um, to a certain extent. And by there's a difference between cute and creativity, yeah. right? You know, it's, it's understanding, okay, they assume we're going to run on second and one and third and one. Oh, you should assume, they, you should assume that every time it's second down, don't matter the down and distance yeah, anymore. Exactly. They you assume know. we're going to run. Maybe, maybe throw one of your play actions in there. Uh, maybe just, you know, not doesn't have to be every time. And, and actually that's the point. They are very predictable at times, and they that needs to be something that they get around. That I mean, that being said, had the had the third quarter extended into the fourth quarter, um, and there is there is one element there, you know, that that I will I will focus on when we get to talk about it. Um, yeah, that my house would have melted down. I I did I did not have. <laughs> the appropriate level of tolerance and patience to watch that game last night and accept crappy football in the second half. 
Um, you know, because of situation, because of what was going on, I didn't even watch the Bengals game. I listened to the Bengals game. Um, and it, it's much more difficult to get annoyed listening to the game than it is no, watching the game. <laughs> no, that game was still rather annoying. And from a guy who's on the road a lot, like myself, I could tell you listening to the games don't don't really do anybody any favors. Uh, it don't matter to sport either. It really doesn't. But yeah, that Bengals game was quite annoying. Actually, that's a good footnote too, Brian, was the AF in the AFC North. We had uh, everyone won except for the Baltimore Ravens who were leading in the division. So that's a good footnote to have for a Steelers team that's looking to potentially rebound. I did want to mention running the football Steelers 172 yards on the ground, whereas Kenny Pickett only threw for 174, two yards more. Pretty balanced, 28 pass attempts to 36 runs. Some of those were Kenny taking off using his legs uh, when necessary. And some of those were actually designed runs for Kenny Pickett, which the designed runs actually turned out uh, turned out to be pr pretty, not, not cute, not outsmarting themselves, which was, which was nice. Uh, to see so uh i called a lot of these things i said watch them blow this with special teams you got to preface the special teams preface 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 the special teams were missing some key contributors there or had some guys do pulling double duties such as betty snell and i, I did the pregame for this and i actually kind of thought i'm like jalen warren's out they they, they brought in master teague I was kind of thinking, I'm like, would they bring Master Teague was more of the body of Jalen Warren? I'm like, is Anthony McFarlane much of a pass pro type guy that they would have brought, called him up from the uh, practice squad before this game? And I was thinking, eh, I don't know, but I kind of just let that slip. And I was already looking past Benny Snell. And I think that might be unfair. Right? This is like one of those things where you just kind of want to let him go. And he comes and bounces right back with his opportunity. 12 carries, 62 yards, 5.2 per carry. Najee had 10 for 35, which is respectable. It's 3.5, but still respectable enough for a team that hadn't been running the ball very well, if at all, through the season. And they both were able to score on the ground. I even, you know, I sound like I'm like uh, Carmack or whatever here. Karnak, uh, the, the, the greats. But I knew they were going to run it on third down. The one with Benny Snell. And I guess Kenny Pickett called that. But I got to I gotta point out something. I'm not sure if it showed up on TV. And this is going to be right in your wheelhouse with Deontay Johnson. They break from the huddle. Did you see it? it was oh, it, God, was yes. it visible on television as well? Throwing his hands up like, well, defenders got to be looking at him like, this dude's just not even going to get the ball. Why even guard him now? You know what I mean? Very, I don't know how he did get yanked. Right after that play, it was just like, well, it's not coming your direction. Actually, they did go his direction because that was first down uh, where the play didn't uh, go anywhere. And then it went his direction and he had a ball right off of his forearms that should have been caught and contributes to Kenny. I don't know why people would complain 20 and 28. Kenny's got to be more consistent, more precise. Uh, it's pretty darn good when there was a couple of plays that are drops. They're not all going to be perfect. 71.4% of his passes completed. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He's over 100 attempts now with uh, uh, on a streak with uh, no turnovers. So just kind of uh, parlaying that over to you as far as the offense. What'd you see with my man Kenny Pickett? And go ahead, let, let at it, because with Deontay, he would have been riding the pine and getting a few splinters in his ass if it was me and not Mike Tomlin. I, I'm just going to say this. 
if Deontay Johnson doesn't learn how to run straight ahead instead of backwards, I'm going to lose um, what very small amounts of patience I have with him. Mm-hmm. Um, every single, I mean, when Troy Aikman, who, I, I mean, you know, he's a cow, ex-cowboy, so I can't really like him. But when Troy Aikman makes the comment, uh, just stick your foot in the ground and cut it up and you'd have a first down instead of a third and six, you moron. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It's... Get it? He's a he wants to be a dynamic playmaker, but understand the point in the game that you're at. Understand the situation of the up uh, that the team is in, and stop trying to showboat and just run the ball forward. Get what you can get out of the play. You know, I, I just don't know. Yes, I am. I am. I'm losing uh, any semblance of love affair I may have once had with Deontay Johnson. Uh, <laughs> so there's that being said. That being said, you've had um, a love affair with Deontay Johnson. I mean, I was I'm cool with it, but I just I've not had an actual love affair with Deontay Johnson. Um, you know, I, Brian, it's good to have you back. <laughs> don't really enjoy the the ancient craggy wrinkled dudes. So, uh, and that's okay, you know, and they're not, they're not my style either. You know, it's Missy Matthews for me and I'm otherwise forget it. Uh, but <laughs> Missy, anyway. Ma- Missy Matthews and Halle Berry. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. You know. Look, my, and my wife knows, my wife knows to be fair and honest. Does she know about Missy though? Yeah, well, she is. Her name is Missy, so you know. Oh well, hey, you can't make a mistake. Not, not that married dudes are getting lucky that often, where you may have that uh, slip of the tongue. But just in case you minute. do, you can cover look, for look, it. Come back here. Come back here. Look at me. I don't ever get lucky. That's not an option. <laughs> I'm not an attractive human being. Okay, so <laughs> that's not in my wheelhouse. Of you're gonna get lucky. No. So. It, and I'm old, so I'm not going to worry about it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't need to get lucky. I would die. I don't need to die. I don't want – stay away from me, young women. I don't care. None of them are coming to me anyway. So it's a moot point. Um, all right, let me move on before I, I completely derail this, any more so than I already have. Kenny. <laughs> well, hold on. Can I can I interject real quick? I think – I think sure. – we'll see if you agree with me on this one. I think – Deontay, if he sticks his foot in the ground, of course, I didn't hear Aikman on the call because I was at the game. That looked like an Antonio Brown touchdown or a Martavis Bryant touchdown. Like, he could have just went, boom, coasted. Like, he he had the middle of the field, and he might have had one tackle to break, and guess who is very adept at breaking tackles consistently? Deontay Johnson. Well, he he might be. We can't tell because he keeps running away from guys (laughs) the wrong direction. I know. Um... (laughs) So, no, yes, look, just go forward. Uh, you know, there's nothing There's nothing worse than, and this happened against the Bengals, I'm pretty sure. He had the first down, turned around and ran the wrong way and lost the first down, right? Um, that happens too much with him. It just happens way too much. Uh, you know, forget the issues with drops uh, because we already have uh, pontificated about those for uh Ad nauseum, so to speak. Pre- preference, preface, pontificate, a plethora yes. of yes. whatever. P-words. Yes, P-words. <laughs> um, That's part of his game, so, though. He 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 has, like, that little comeback route 
and and then he shakes people but he's he's coming back or or going wherever any anywhere but where you need to go towards the sticks whereas everyone else seems to have figured this out uh by this point dive 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 for the marker for the line of gain so yes uh and, and so yeah so enough said about deontay yeah, um my issues are well reported um fully noted i am i am I am pleased with the way Kenny is progressing. Um, am I sold on Kenny Pickett 100% yet? Sorry, Zach, I am not. Uh, but I am pleased with how he's progressing. Um, he is getting better. There, there are signs of uh, that would indicate to you that this is a guy who can be a franchise quarterback. Um, doesn't mean he will be. Doesn't mean he is right this second. But you know, this is this is not. Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year, right? This is not the same kind of team that he inherited. Um, so a lot more is being put on Kenny Pickett's shoulders as a rookie, and there are going to be growing pains that we've all seen and gone through. He is getting better. The lack of turnovers the last few weeks, good sign. But there's one there is one play in particular, uh, because you can fault him. He threw a couple balls into the ground. He, he, he sailed a couple balls. Nobody is 100% perfect. Okay, that's fine. Um, but when it absolutely had to happen, absolutely had to happen, they've gone three and out twice in a row. It's it's either the beginning of the fourth quarter, end of the third quarter, I can't really remember. It's third and what, seven, eight, nine, something like that. It's not a short play. He rolls out and fires a ball in the only place that George Pickens can actually safely grab it, and they get the first down. Um, that is a big time play. Uh, and, and it, I said it when I was watching the game, I'm like, that's what we need to see more of. That's the kind of, of play that will convince not just myself, but anybody else who needs convincing that this kid is the real deal and, and that they're fine in the quarterback position moving forward. So, yeah, you know, I, you can't tell, you certainly cannot tell who's saying, I want to call this play, I want to call that play, you know, from a, a TV broadcast. You just can't. I don't know that you can tell that in the stands. Um, it's So I'm encouraged whether he chose to call the one play or not, um, whether he, you know, he just basically lobbied for it or whatever. Um, it shows that he's starting to understand the offense even better. Um, at some point, he'll be a better expert at it than Matt Canada, who clearly is not. Um <laughs> Might already might already be. <laughs> yes. I, I I'm just. I I guess I don't want to say I am. Again, I don't want to say I'm sold. I, I'm not 100% bought in. I'm I'm a good 80% bought in on on the Steelers. Don't need to worry about quarterback right now. That that's where I'm at. This is just year one. Uh, yes. By the way, I'm going to jump over to your play and then come back to this point. So, because it's a good one and a lot that people are missing. So there was an incomplete pass where he went uh, short right to George Pickett, 16 seconds left in the third quarter. And on second down, we may have to go through this whole, uh, the play-by-play -play and see how many times where Matt Canada calls or they have a pass play or they have a play that's like a no gainer or a failure and you've got like second and 10 and they run the ball. It felt like each and every single time, didn't it? It's like, we got to try and make this third and short. We got to make this third and manageable. And it's a run 
every freaking time. It's just driving me crazy. So this was Benny Snell, right guard for a yard, which is a little more surprising because it seems like anytime anything was going to the left side of the field, first half, that's where a lot of the pressure was coming from the Colts. That seemed to disappear for the most part, thankfully, because Dan Moore was getting his lunch money stolen from him. And that holding call, they should have blown the doors off of this team in the beginning of the game. It's still good that they had the lead going into halftime, but then you felt this starting to slip away with this juvenile-type play calling and lack of execution on offense, regardless of the play calling. There was still lack of execution as well. But when you have a turnover like James Pierre, I think this was the James Pierre fingertip uh, interception, and you get the ball immediately back, and you're settling for field goal and field goal and field goal. And Matt Wright, thankfully, was a bright spot on special teams, whereas a whole lot of the other special teams unit wasn't. And that's where my Karnak or Carmack or whatever. What was the Johnny Carson character? I can't, I'm drawing a blank. Karnak. It was Karnak. Yeah, I, have Karnak. A fr- I have a friend whose name is actually Karnak. Not his first name, obviously, but <laughs> which would be quite amazing. But yeah, put on the little wizard hat and I, I was texting my cousin and I said, they're going to blow this to start the second half. And lo and behold, this dude, um, was it Rogers? Isaiah Rogers? From the back of the end zone, practically. Oh no, it was Forrest. I thought his name was Forrest something. Oh, maybe I got that. Maybe it was the other guy. I can't remember. Didn't sound like Gump. Didn't Forrest Gump. Looked like Forrest Gump. Guy was running for the tunnel. Whoever was returning punts and kicks, it was just the coverage was absolutely miserable. And some of that, of course, no Miles Boykin, no Robert Spillane. So not to jump all over the place, but now back to the beginning of the fourth quarter here. Uh, Kenny Pickett. This was a huge one. Not only the pass and the catch and the progression, everything you saw just cool as a cucumber, but he also gets smacked in the head yes. by EJ Speed yeah. for another 15 yards. So it's 13 and 15. You're looking at almost a 30-yard uh, flip of the field right there. Then you get a little more. Then you get a little creative. The jet sweep actually worked this time, but that's because they got up to the line of scrimmage so ridiculously quick and snapped the ball. They caught the Colts just kind of chilling on their heels there, and it was almost like it was unfair. It was like, did they even make yep. their substitutions? We don't know. Steelers lucked out on one, too, where Matt Ryan did not look over his shoulder, a la Aaron Rodgers. I believe it was Malik Reed who wasn't off the field entirely, and that could have cost them a first down later in this game, too. I'm not exactly sure what at what point here, but it was one of these drives that probably shouldn't have happened. Now, I can't fault the Steelers' defense, of course, Four plays, 19 yards, and that whole thing off of the the flip of that for uh, uh, first uh, kick return to open the second half of the game. But I want I want to jump to Kenny, and you know, Kenny looked very good. I think through the first half of this game, uh, I got to try and find uh, what his first half statistics were. So give me one second. He was still uh, he's still pretty solid. Uh, 14 to 18, 133 yards. So the bulk of his damage occurred in the first half of this game because he only threw for another 40 yards. And that just goes to show you how this offense laid an egg. He took two sacks. He had a 97.5 rating as opposed to Matt Ryan. And if folks didn't know this, the Colts had zero yards of offense in the first quarter. Oh, goose egg for the first time. I think this was Michael Birch, one of the Steelers PR guys that put this out with the statistics. It was the first time since they played the Cleveland Browns in 2017. And that would have been the game where the Steelers were 13 and three. Well, they weren't 13 and three. They were 12 and three and sat all their starters because they already had everything locked up and still 
shellacked. A very cold game, by the way, the Cleveland Browns offense. So take my dig at the Browns when I can. But Ryan was 5 of 13 in that half, 36 yards, one interception for a 14.6 rating. So when you're talking about futures and you're talking about teams and what to do at the quarterback position, this is why the Steelers don't need to jump anywhere. They don't need to tank or anything else. They have now have time and investment into Kenny Pickett, and he has many times looks cool, composed, and looks the part. Doesn't look scared. Doesn't play scared. Are the numbers there? That kind of comes. You got to look at guys. Josh Allen's a recent example. There's many recent examples, and there's some many that flop. So you being 80% in, I'm cool with that. I'm not going to say, I'm saying he's 100% the guy for next year. You're you're not oh, going yeah. you're not going in any other direction. You're not going to be nope. the Colts, Carson Wentz, Philip Rivers, um, Matt Ryan, and then Sam Ellinger before Frank Reich gets canned as the head coach. You're not going to be the Denver Broncos. Who would you rather have, Russell Wilson? Right at this point, I don't know. And, and you know how much I liked Russell Wilson before. I would have been doing cartwheels and flips if the Steelers would have made a move like that. But then they would have given up like half their team, all of their future picks, and then tons of money. And not a bit. How do you fix that situation if Russell doesn't come around? And that that's after years of they had Brock Osweiler lying in wait with Peyton Manning who had the noodle arm, and then you had uh, a top pick and drew uh, invested in Paxton Lynch and. Drew Locke first round picks and they tried Joe yep. Flacco they tried what uh, was Case Keenum there Trevor Simeon pulled somewhere out of there they tried they've tried like every veteran uh Teddy Bridgewater the draft pick route they they've they've, unco they've uncovered every unturned overturned every stone and still can't find a guy and I'd say Kenny Pickett is Light years ahead of most of the guys that I've already named, even the ones that were veterans. I mean, Carson Wentz was pretty solid before he got hurt with the Eagles, but they still had success with Nick Foles too, which tells you there's a good supporting cast there. Uh, we don't know that the Steelers have a great supporting cast right now, and they're going to grow. George Pickens is going to grow. I know Najee's a little banged up, and he came out of that game, but look what they were able to do running the football. I mean, that was this still wasn't a chump defense that they were playing against. Uh, it's very encouraging, particularly when you look down the road on this schedule. You got Atlanta coming up, who's what four win team maybe. Uh, Carolina's still on the schedule. The Ravens just dropped a game to the Jaguars, and they aren't always looking hot. In fact, their second half collapses have been well documented. Oh yeah. So, uh, you know, if they could get by, I'm not saying. I, I, at this point, I don't care about playoffs. I just want to be encouraged, headed into. You know, I know you're shaking your head. Seven teams still make the playoffs. It's still not impossible. But encouraged. <laughs> I, I, I want to be encouraged. Well, think about it. If they're only a three-win team through the end of this year, you're thinking about how many other positions do you have to fill and how far away is this team? If they end up being an eight- or nine-win team by some good grace of the football gods, you're, you're probably thinking, well, they're going to go after position A, position B, <clears throat> left tackle, left guard. <clears throat> um those are, you know, you're, you're thinking now more best player available versus actual needs. So this was, a, this was an encouraging game against a team that's probably middling, just like the Steelers, where I said they were very much an even matchup. But there's a lot of even matchups still coming that could make their record a little more even here. And we'll see how these things go. So I am for this for this encouraged for Kenny Pickett, I should say. They don't have to jump the gun. They don't have to blow their whole draft future or money. 
or whatever else to go look for another quarterback. It's very well that Kenny could bomb out and not be the guy in year two. We've seen that happen as well. Uh, what, Baker Mayfield broke Peyton Manning's touchdown records or passing touchdown records that one season? So one last thought on the offense, Brian. Well, I already kind of dumped on the offensive line here. Kenny Pickett using his legs. This was what I didn't see last week that I think could have very much helped against the Bengals. I think this was identified on film because of what the Colts had to contend with with Jalen Hurts just a week ago. So they saw the other. There was a play that looked like it was straight out of the Eagles playbook, actually, on a designed run with Kenny Pickett. It was like a quarterback draw. Uh, that I was very encouraged by. So encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. It's good to see. One last thing to close the book on the offense before we flip to the other side of the field. Was this the best game Kenny's played so far? It it probably was. Um, you know, and, and that's what you want to see, continual progression. I don't, I can't think of a more complete game, you know, throughout the third quarter because he was not good. The offense was not good. Um, but overall, uh, yeah, this probably was his best game. You know, you expect him to continue to get better. We, What I expect to see out of the offense is that when they're in scenarios like they were in the first half of this game, where they're set up, they're driving, they're in field goal range, or, you know, I, I need them to stop making the mistakes that they've made that push themselves out of range or make sure that it is a, you know, 50 plus yard field goal that, that poor uh, Matt Wright is, 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 you know, now Ison is, is groin because that's just too far. <laughs> he's in a dome. Um, he's in a dome. Yeah. Thank God he's in a dome. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I expect them to convert more touchdowns as the season progresses and settle for fewer field goals. If that does not happen, if they don't continue to mature as an offense, um, then you got to figure out where the where the blame may lay. And that doesn't mean it's going to lay at Kenny at Kenny Pickett's feet, you know. Even though he is the quarterback, and and in some senses the buck stops there. Uh, but you know, there's still questions about the offensive line. There's still questions about the running back group. There's still questions about the receiving core. Um, uh, and and I will I will eliminate George Pickens from that uh, questioning. <laughs> Gee, issue. you think? Um, but you know, I think they have a core group. I, I still like Najee. I think he is battling through injuries and has been all season. Um, and also battling with an offensive line that has been at best mediocre, um, and at times completely scatterbrained. Uh, so I think from the skill position points, if you take Najee and Pickens and Pickett, all three young guys, all three on rookie contracts, all three core elements of what this team can build into, you're looking at a pretty solid group right there. Yeah, they got to fix a lot of other things, and they need complementary pieces around that. You got, you missed one. Pat Fryermuth also on that rookie contract. I know. That's true. I know he was a little absent, but he had been leading the team in receiving. Uh, heading into this game, Steelers offense, 21-58, almost 22 minutes time of possession, first half. You want to talk about the third quarter? Third quarter, zero first downs. <laughs> oh, 0 for 2, uh, third down efficiency. They ran a total of eight offensive plays for 18 net yards. 
that was just very, 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 very bad football. Whereas you let the Colts right back into this game because uh, at halftime, <clears throat> what is it, sixteen to three, Steelers are are winning, and at the end of this third quarter, now Steelers are now <laughs> behind the eight ball, right? Uh, I, were, were they already down a point? I believe so. So, yes, seventeen uh, sixteen. Yes, uh, 17, 16, 16, yeah. yes. right, right. That was it. Sixteen seconds left in the third quarter is uh, when that score occurred. So now you're down a point. You've given this back up because of these have that one drive. I mean, it was just nothing, just because of the special teams that you can't give up. I think it was four plays, nineteen yards, uh, which is still more than the Steelers' offense was able to muster the entire quarter. To see them come back around. I mean, Kenny only, he attempted three passes. None of them were ca were caught. They ran the ball five times for 18 yards. Can I tell you the narrative that I'm tired of hearing? Sure. This guy, nameless person, whoever they may be, has only got eight catches for 80 yards for the entire year. In this game, he's got eight catches for 700 billion yards. I am tired of no-name players coming to life against our defense. That is that is a narrative that I'm very, very sick of at this point. Um, I'm tired of people having season-high games against this defense. Uh and and just I don't I don't know what they have to do about it, but something isn't right. This is the highest paid defense in the league, and they are just not performing. And I get they they've had dings, and I don't, you know, this is every year there's a game that TJ disappears in, right? whether he's healthy, whether he's dinged, whether he's not. There's a game where you expect him to have more impact and he just vanishes. This was that kind of game. So hopefully we're done with that crap. <laughs> and by the way, I did. I watched some of the episodes while I was not around, and I heard Zach say a bad word. And so you, you may get me to drop one occasionally now because I've heard Zach say them. <laughs> and, and, and I don't encourage that, nor do the uh, sponsors that help support the show. So um... I'm not going to do it on purpose. I just might accidentally <laughs> drop a very poo poo word very, out there. Very, very <laughs> few, very few slips. We've discussed this as whether we should do not safe for work, uh, SCU uncensored, Steel City uncensored, or something. Uh, and ma many folks have said that they haven't minded, but uh, that does uh, uh, <laughs> negatively impact whatever bottom line there might be here or there and some of the perks of doing this. But anyways, yeah, you're, I, I assume you're referring to Jelani Woods, tight end. Yes. Right or whoever that Cox guy is. Uh, well, Mo Ali <laughs> Cox. Them. But, but Jelani Woods is the one that I'm really like. <laughs> like who? How is that guy killing you? Yeah, I know, I know. And you've got uh, TJ disappearing. I think still having TJ versus no TJ, even when oh, it's, it's always better. Yeah, it's always, always going to be, it's always going to be better. And Alex Highsmith, I don't know if you saw that Sam, his dad, was having trouble with people standing in front of him all night last night and could get help. That was out on Twitter. I feel bad for him. He was 400 levels somewhere in the stadium and somebody was like, two rows in front wouldn't sit the hell down a video of it and it wasn't 100 level come yeah, on man yeah. alex, alex you can you can fetch up for a little get that's some on the colts love seats you know it was kind of funny i realized there were a lot of steelers fans there i don't know that i would ever do this if i if it, if i were this if it were the steelers i would never say welcome of indianapolis colts fans but the colts had it on the right before they introduced the steelers to come out too 
like not even like a minute before and they're showing Steelers fans in the crowd and all of a sudden you see everybody rise up and they're twirling a towel and I'm like who paid your 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 general announcer or whatever your PA announcer like who's running the operating like the scoreboard to here almost playing renegade at the Chargers game yes. at one time yes <laughs> yes it's very much the same thing I thought that's what was about that they and they played the Steelers like the Super Bowl um Oh, here we go song. Oh, I can't think of the guy's name who sings it, uh, but you know the one. Here we go. And oh. it almost went all the way through. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I, I thank you. You made me feel like a home away from home. <laughs> fans behind me. These guys were great. They're knowledgeable. They're, they're partially drunk. They're betting all kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> Two things came out of that. One was thank you, Jim Ursay, for making this an away game. <laughs> and the second was. For the love of God, give Jonathan Taylor the football. We're only going to have him one more season before he dies. Oh, God. <laughs> because of let's all the hope, tread. That doesn't happen. I mean, because gracious. Oh, man. Because of all the tread that's on him, all the carries that he's had uh, through college and thus far, and he's been dinged a lot this season, too. Steelers, uh, I, I, that puzzled me, and I mean – God, don't a lot of things puzzle you. I guess that's what happens when you got guys that have about as much coaching experience as you and I combined. Um, I mean, Taylor still got 20 for 86, but he seemed like largely like ineffective for the most part during the game. Maybe during that one touchdown drive was the most that he was effective. I can't believe that Matt Ryan completed 64.7% of his passes at the end of this. It seemed like a lot of his passes, I, I thought a few were going to get picked. I was just waiting for Minka to just jump out and snatch one out of the air because he was sitting on he was sitting on routes the entire entire evening and let's face it i think matt ryan's kind of washed and that's a lot that was coming from it's funny to hear a, another team's fan base say almost a mirror image the same kind of complaints as you would have for you know us with the Steelers, and that's exactly what happened. But you brought the team back into this, got the crowd back into this, inability to score touchdowns as necessary, no points at all on the one. They got completely out of field goal range on count of yep. left side of the line. Nobody got a hat on a hat, and <laughs> that's all the board points you get. Sixteen uh, through <laughs> through halftime. You left point left a lot of points on the board, the meat on the bone that Tomlin talked about in his post game presser. And those are things that got to be corrected because against better teams, that's not going to happen. Against better teams, they might be able to manage how to use a timeout near the end of the game, not chew up 30 seconds or whatever off the clock, and then run off tackle after it, no less, uh, for like no gain. I mean, that just it looked very inept. <clears throat> you could tell I'm losing my voice a little bit from all of this. Um, I mean, uh, defensively, James Pierre, I guess, did what he needed to do. Uh, Mike Tomla did not. Somebody had asked him directly about Devin Bush playing 100% of the game as Devin Bush earned, earned more it. playing time. And he, and he just goes, Robert was Spillane like, was injured. People are hurt. People are hurt. Robert Spillane was injured. People are hurt. That's like a politician answer there. <laughs> well, it, it brings up one of the points. You want to talk about an area that they need to spend some draft capital? Um, that's, that's an area right there. Uh, linebacker middle of the field coverage linebackers. They, they just don't have them and they, they do need, more. and they don't seem to grow on trees anymore coming out of the college ranks either. I mean, you look at the guys that have been, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, 
with Buffalo, maybe. He'll be a free agent maybe next year. Yeah. And might want to come play with his brother. Maybe. And we'll have money under the cap because we have all these rookie guys, right? Uh, Devin White has been in a doghouse here or there. He, he was good, then he wasn't, and then, you know, whatever. Then you've got um, Brian, like, leaving wherever. <laughs> I just oh, wanted to be clear. Wait a minute. I didn't get I didn't get that. Hold on. He's got the fresh sarcasm. Well, it's reversed because you flipped your camera, you ding dong. <laughs> Let's see. I thought it was out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Here, wait, there it okay. is. Better? You got it? Yeah. Yeah. Fresh sarcasm served daily. There we go. That's a great sign. Is that like made out of tan or metal or anything? You can whack somebody in the head with it if necessary. There we go. That's yep. a good one. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, the off the ball linebackers just seem to be, dare I say, maybe Eichenberg might be one of the better ones in the college ranks right now out of Ohio State. And I don't even know. Is that a guy you'd want to rely on? Where's he? Where would he project to be? Maybe a middle round pick. I remember. I remember us looking at like Josie Jewell. Mac Wilson, but even the first round picks were what Rashawn Evans, Leighton Vander Esch. None of these guys are lighting the world on fire. So schematically, there wasn't a lot of Demonte Casey out there. I don't even think I saw him oh. until the second half. They were doing oh. a lot of the three and four corners. I mean, Mallette was out there quite a bit. Angry short people. Uh, yep. Great plays by him. Terrell Edmonds got a sack by virtue of like yep. total pocket collapse. Mallette had a hell of a freaking. I thought he hurt. Um, Pretzel twisted Matt Ryan up there. So, but I was just like, I was confused on the usage of James Pierre. I guess that had, I, I even thought against the run, wouldn't you rather have Casey playing a little more? And it seems though too, Brian, I think one of the unsung heroes on the defense is Terrell Edmonds. I identified at least one or two of those plays. Jelani Woods or Mo Ali Cox was when Edmonds was pulled off the field and it was Trey Norwood earlier in the game got some more PT than even Casey did. So when Edmonds was off the field, it seemed like this was a little bit easier for those tight ends, which had been a problem with the Steelers defense for quite some time now, just, you know, making these big, big long chunk plays. Well, you know, I mean, we, we here at the show have been uh, Terrell Edmonds fans and stands and whatever, all that cool lingo crap that people uses uh, fanboy since the beginning. We've been fanboying for, for Terrell a, a while um, because he we always knew he was going to get better and better, and he was learning as he went. He was raw, and you're seeing him progress consistently uh, into a solid— doesn't have to be an all-pro Hall of Famer. He is a solid complementary safety and a guy who can make your defense better, and that's all you can ever ask out of any draft pick. I don't care where they're at. Um, is that they're going to be a contributor and and make and be above the line, above average, and he is that. Um, so I, I don't disagree with you. I think that uh, when Terrell Edmonds is not on the field, the defensive effort is not where it always needs to be. Um, and I'm not. I I don't know. I mean, there's there are a couple areas where I think they just absolutely need to address things. Um, we we kind of thought the corner position was was in better shape than it is, but it's not. Hard to, um, hard to say since Witherspoon's been hurt the whole time. Yeah. Wall, Wallace is a guy. Sutton's fine, I think. So, oh, talk about boneheaded plays. <laughs> more special teams, right? Offside, first down, more points on the board could have cost you the game. 
So yeah. not only was I ragging on Dan Moore, but Sutton on special teams there, not on defense necessarily. I still really haven't seen him be a big liability on defense, in my opinion. Um, I still think, I don't know about Larry Ogunjobi either. Uh, I, I, I'm going backwards on this. I was giving this a lot of thought. This is a little bit off the topic of the entire game, but maybe the season as a, as a whole, as scope. For the longest time, and I think even running into when we first started uh, this show, used to mention how losing Aaron Smith was such a big deal to the Steelers' defense, how underrated he was. I mean, you had Cam ascending from the other side. You may have had Kiesel at some point. But when they finally got Stephon Tewitt in there and Tewitt up to speed, now all of a sudden you got the two solid you know, defensive ends, your 3-4 or even your uh, sub-packages with just the two of them. Javon Hargrave as well as part of that conversation. Younger Tyson Alualu, that rotation, that looked good. So sad. I know, I know, man. And and you're I'm looking so and you're looking at an aging Hayward. Uh Leal is on IR. I mean, yep. uh, Loudermilk had the blocked field goal. There's there's more points missed when you're talking about bad football and bad football teams. They still made it over the over, though. The over under was 39, which was which was a good running joke for the beginning portion of this game as well and the inept offenses. But uh, one name, when we're talking primarily, and people are always talking about, well, they made this draft pick and it was Artie Burns or Jarvis Jones. You bring up like H in history, and you don't give enough credit for some of the second and third round picks that they get. We were already talking, Deontay was a third round pick, right? And we're talking about third round picks. How about Alex Highsmith? I was mentioning his old man just here uh, a few minutes ago, but another sack. Forced fumble, two quarterback hits. The guy is a good bookend and compliment to TJ Watt that I don't think is getting enough recognition, not only league-wide, but within the Steelers fan base and with the Steelers defense itself. Well, you know, and I, I would love to talk to Sam Highsmith, I'll tell you. Oh, same. Um, only, be, only because, you know, we have, we again, we have stood for Alex Highsmith since day one. Third round pick, since by the way. One. Third yeah. round pick, and, but don't know how to draft. <laughs> and we're excited about that pick yes. and saying, this is a kid. I mean, you know, I you know how I am, right? All this crap that I got around in here, you know how I am. I don't invest heavily in in rookie rookie stuff because I, I don't trust them. I made the mistake with Chase Claypool because I was all fanboyed over Chase, which I never do over receivers. He's probably ruined me for receivers forever now. But <laughs> you'll get something with but, Pickens on it before long. I already do. I already have one. I already have a, I already have a Pickens helmet. Yeah. Um, but Alex Highsmith, I had it the minute that that I could get it. Um, you know, he is. I, I believe he is going to be a Steeler for life. I think he's going to consistently be an under uh, appreciated member of this team who is going to play at a level that is above the line, uh, potentially on the edge of All Pro level, um, and is probably just going to be a consistent contributor uh, throughout his career. I don't, I don't know that he can't elevate up to that higher level. Think about a guy like Cam, right? Cam was, was, was not great his first couple of years. He was good. And as Cam has gotten older, he's actually gotten better. Um, I don't know how much longer that's going to last. Sad that I'm going to say, going to break my heart, but you know, that guy grown ass man that he is keeps getting better. Um, and, and impacts the game. 
Alex Highsmith could could follow that same path, um, especially if you end up with a healthy TJ. And if they fill that, lat, whether it's DeMarvin Leal or, or a guy they draft, if they can fill that second tackle spot with a guy who can make an impact, all of a sudden, all those areas free up. Now, they all have to grow a little bit and not, you know, Alex tends to overrun the quarterback every now and then. He doesn't always have lane integrity. Uh, to be fair, Cam doesn't always keep lane integrity, and, and neither does any of uh, the rest of them. They need to get more consistent within what they're doing. But when you get a guy who can provide that oomph in that other spot, the way, as you said, Stefan Tuitt did when he was playing at a, at a high level, man, that just makes a huge difference for this team. Um, all of a sudden, the linebackers free up. Uh, you know, you you can see and you can access some blitzes that will work a little better. Um, you know, you 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 shut down the run more effectively. Uh, they just they just they just need to to keep growing there. I am I am honestly disappointed with the way that the defense has played this season. Um, for what they for what we're spending on this defense, mm-hmm. and I I get it. I get the injuries, but. I get TJ being hurt for many games, but I, I am still, I can only look at the defensive side of the ball right now and, and go, this is not what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. And likewise, we were saying about the offense and field goals instead of touchdowns, you have the botched snap handoff, whatever happened with Matt Ryan right after that was right after the cam Sutton uh, botch in it's of itself. Luckily, zero points should have at least been three points on the board, which might change the dynamic of that game, might even change whether Tomlin goes for two at one point, which that was a hell of a play too. the George Pickens. You yes, it talk was. about backyard football and Ben doing stuff like that. Difference was Ben got a few more games earlier in that season as well to get some time in again with some generational players. Alex Highsmith with a uh, sack right at the end of that game. Uh, I believe he was involved. Let me see. Yes, Uh, that was recovered by uh, Freeze, one of the linemen. Uh, Then there was um, Matt Ryan. Let me see. The Matt Ryan scramble for 14 yards, which looked about as painful as me getting out of bed in the morning. And just every bone in my body cracking, just watching him try to struggle to do that. And then for some reason... That was 59 seconds we were mentioning to 34 seconds. And it was Jonathan Taylor up the middle for no gain. And it was weird because it was third and three. I'd lost track of the downs. And I'm like, as soon as uh, Matt Ryan forced this one ball to Paris Campbell. And by the way, the no gain was also an Alex Highsmith stuff right there in the middle. Uh, The ball falls. And I'm like, holy cow, wait a minute. That was fourth down. Matt Ryan didn't actually, well, didn't have enough jets to get the first down with his feet. So that was um, lost track of that. And it was like, all of a sudden it was like kind of bittersweet because like I said, all the fingernails, all the hair gone, trying to um, uh, struggle through this game to see if the Steelers are going to win. You know what I mean? It looked like, like I said, they could have a team that more has their stuff together. Doesn't make those type of mistakes. Those errors gives them something, right? Gives them good field position. The opponents lets them back into the game in their own building, et cetera, et cetera. I, I was looking to maybe 30 points or something like that, but this is where they're going to grow. Still a very young team overall with everyone that you mentioned earlier. Uh, and then some of the other pieces that were mentioned defensively. I know a lot of people are going to want a corner Steelers don't draft well as far as corners. 
Um, but you don't need to use a top 10 pick on a corner. Look at Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey wasn't a top 10 pick. He was like in the 20s, I think, uh, just out of reach of the Steelers because I think the Ravens selected him right ahead. Otherwise, he might have been wearing black and gold. I don't know. William Jackson III was the same way. He's still on the roster. I think one more game he's got to sit out. And I think Boz might be eligible to come back here or we're going to be talking about it here within the next week. So either one of those players could be added to this mix, might be able to help. We'll see what ends up happening. Regardless, Jackson didn't end up costing much of anything extra. Are there any, is there anybody that we're really missing any praise, any like, ah, you really like stunk or whatever. Like you're, you're going to give up a drive here or there. These are professional football players on the other side of the field. I understand people feel entitled to it just because Jeff Saturday doesn't have that coaching experience and it looked like the Colts are just utter rubbish. By the way, highest paid offensive line in the National Football League. So as we're talking about highest paid defenses, that's why I said you got the you flipped this with the other team and how you have some uh, parallels between the Colts and the Steelers and the way their season's gone. Woo! And they had that tie against the Texans too, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, let me let me say this only because we haven't called him out specifically here. Give Mike Tomlin credit for going for two. Um, I mean, I know it was sort of a no-brainer, but you've got, you know, it's still a gutsy call to a certain extent. Um, give him credit for the fourth down, you know, conversion. Uh, and going for it on fourth down when they do. Oh, um, I got a good point for that too. That was a two-play call on third down, without absolutely a doubt. Was. They they yeah. get close. If you don't get it, they're going to get up on the line, and Kenny's going to push it through. That has been yep. a pretty consistent one-two punch thing that's been in their arsenal and has actually worked. So I wasn't upset about running the ball there. The thing, the thing that uh, I think you know, because fan base is out there calling for Tomlin's head as well as Canada's head at, at various times this season. And, and I get it. It isn't the perfect season. It's not a great season. Um, but look at the team and understand that they are growing and they're going in the right direction in many ways. Not everything is as, as we want it. Um, and, th and there may be some regression in certain areas, especially on defense, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, they are they are progressing. And if they continue to get better as the season goes on, don't look at this season as a lost season. This is a season that we all knew, whether we wanted to face it or not, was a season of transition. Um, you know, it was a season that was necessary. Uh, and if this is the only down year we end up with after transitioning from an 18-year or however long Ben played Hall of Fame-level quarterback into the next generation – Man, let's be thankful because uh, you know yeah. we lived through the Bubby Brister years, and <laughs> I was very and the young. Mark then. Malone years, and and uh, you know all those all those guys that I don't even want to go through uh, again. If we if we found the next guy, that's that's as good as we can get out of this season. That's very interesting. You brought up Malone. I think this is a good place. A, a good idea to finish the show with this part, particularly because we were talking about Kenny, Kenny progress. How many games left on the schedule, Brian? Six? Am I doing my math right? Um, something like that. I don't know. Seven, six. I got to look we're in, now, of we're course. In seven now? Uh, There's 11, but six left. Yeah. The, game, old, the, old, the old thinker, the old thinker's not thinking. Yeah, six left. So three at home, three away. Um, 
but people are gonna there's still there's gonna be the naysayers who didn't see Kenny put up 30 touchdowns as a rookie, which is just preposterous to even think of. But when the Steelers the Steelers spent a first round pick many eons ago on Mark Malone, and that first round pick was used before you knew Terry Bradshaw was absolutely going to have noodle arm as well and walk off into the sunset. Now all of a sudden it was, we're going to roll with this guy and pass on Dan Marino. Cause we've already used the first round pick and we already got quarterbacks in the stable. So this narrative is going to come back around regardless of how the next six games go. I just, I don't see it. And there was another great point that was brought up about how great this quarterback class is supposed to be coming up. And all of a sudden in, you watch college football and they don't necessarily look all that great in the college game right now. Uh, there's a lot of question marks there, but it's not going to stop teams that are very quarterback needy. Can't tell me the Houston Texans aren't looking at a quarterback. You can't tell me the saints oh, aren't thinking it right now with Jameis riding the bench and Andy Dalton is their key guy. The Carolina Panthers. I don't know who they're going to drag out when the Steelers face them in a couple of weeks about three weeks down the road. They've got three different guys that they've started this year. So all of these teams, and depending on where they finish and where other teams finish, they could be mortgaging their whole future. And it might not pay and it might not work out. Look at, you know, Jared Goff. I know the Rams finally got their Super Bowl with Stafford and whatnot, but the Rams don't have like a draft, uh, the first round draft pick until like 2030 or something ridiculous. <laughs> like, and uh, the Browns are in that same market with Watson. They got to hope that that's going to work out okay because the Broncos just gave away the whole farm. And uh, for so whether you're going for, again for the veteran or the rookie, you move up the who knows what Trey Lance looks like with San Francisco. Yeah, they're lucky they got Jimmy G. They're lucky Jimmy G, who wasn't even invited to go to, he was not at their training camp. And Lucky, luckily, he's enough of a professional. Adjusted his contract, came back, and is playing. It's just, uh, I just think of all of these different scenarios, and you're absolutely right. If this is the worst that the Steelers have to go through, it is not nearly as bad as the '80s Steelers or what a lot of these other. We mentioned the Broncos. You look at the Colts. What a lot of these other teams are going through. Washington Commanders too, even though they're getting it done for other reasons, they keep moving on and off from Taylor Heineke. Is Taylor Heineke a dude? <laughs> I don't know. I really, I really don't, but that's a very good point. And, um, you know, I got, I got one more thing I got to yeah. say, and it has nothing to do with the Steelers. Okay. Look, I, I'm looking at you, TB12. The hell is wrong with you? <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? You got to screw us regardless of whether you're playing us or not. <laughs> the hell <laughs> lose to the damn Browns in overtime. I hate you, Tom Brady. I hate you. That was such a painful. You talk about uh, games you listen or watch, and I had both. I had the, the Browns were on Fox and uh, the Bengals were on the CBS, so I had them both going. I got the multiple screens set up, and they just could not close out. It was like that that period of time right before the two minute warning, which was kind of making me crap my pants even in the game last night. And I'm just kind of like, okay, this is this is Brady going to get this done. And I think it was a third or a fourth, was a fourth down pass to David and Joku made like the catch of a lifetime. This ball was on a rope and they sent it into OT and then they end up losing in overtime to the field with the donut holes. Did you see somebody somehow drove a car or a truck or something out on the first energy stadiums field and did the swirlies out there? <laughs> like, how is that possible of all places in Cleveland when people are talking about 
field conditions and field turf and they're they're complaining about MetLife Stadium and everything. So uh interesting times we're living in. We're up against it, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. The the prodigal son has returned. Um and it's about damn time. Maybe I I my I don't know about son. Maybe prodigal grandpa. I, I don't I don't know. Prodigal uh, Prodigal Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were just oh, oh. Oh, I, I would ask with the beard, if you dress up as ever dress up as Santa for the kids, but I could clearly tell that you'd probably dress up as Krampus before you address this. I, Santa. I have, I have in fact donned the red suit, uh, back in, uh, uh, my younger days when this beard was not white and I had to actually paint it white. Ooh, <laughs> interesting. I, but I gotta find some now, pictures now, of you. some younger pictures. I got of some, you. I, well, I, I got to pick some. some up. I used to have hair, oh. believe it or not. Lots of it too. I, I, I do believe it. Yeah. You know, it's so it's funny because, you know, you look at those generational things. I could just picture you like having like an Afro or something like that. Like <laughs> they, they add my history pictures. They add my history pictures. Bell bottoms, they, bell bottoms and the, and an Afro. Brian. What are you talking about? See, I got to, now I got to ask you a question. What have you been doing? You've been lurking on my Facebook, trying to find stuff because there is a picture after my, do you remember the year of the, well, you, this may be, again, this is, this is beyond your years. Oh, oh, young man. The Brady bunch went to Hawaii. <laughs> and when they came back, Mr. Brady had curly hair, but his ass did not have curly hair when they went to Hawaii. So it was the end of the season. They went to Hawaii, the beginning of next season, they came back. Man had a perm. <laughs> Did he really? My dad saw that. Said, that's a great look for my boys. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't know. I don't really per peruse or troll anyone's Facebook pages. But since you asked me, um, I I'm going to uh, look this up. The the first one though that I found was more like when I met you, and you look a lot more like Brian Cranston as opposed to Brian e. Roach. You're you're ready to cook some meth in the trailer on Breaking Bad, <laughs> or something. But Brian, I don't know. Is this is this you? That is me. <laughs> look at that man. That's a, you're like you're a sharp dressed man there. He's got the flared collar and got a little peach fuzz going i'm looking good dude i mean uh, the handsome handsome young handsome young devil there i think i think he's very much the ladies man um unfortunately i don't Could know if i could turn back time and tell the ladies that i was please because um that didn't work out <laughs> <laughs> never does man never does uh i don't know there's uh there's plenty plenty of embarrassing stuff all over the place and still one of my favorites of all time with you and i can attest to seeing this one and then we're out of here because we're up against it but uh the the road warrior look here i know you're not a wrestling guy but you look like you'd be one right here like you're ready to rip off someone's um testicles and shove them somewhere else <laughs> mohawk face paint tongue out uh that's a, that's a pretty mean look man i i, I don't know i wouldn't want to be in a in a bar fight with somebody that looked like that we'll put it that way so but thanks man thanks hey this has been very entertaining thanks for joining us once again man uh you you have been missed 
the people have been asking for you and um we give the people what they want absolutely i'm happy to be back um hopefully i'll be around more often yeah and got some games coming up too so still three more home games steelers next week though pre-game later this week a little bit short disrupted week we'll see how the programming lays out for this one they got the atlanta falcons in atlanta uh and then bounce back around to finally play one of two games they still have left with the baltimore ravens so still three more division games that's where the cincinnati loss really stings because they could have given cincinnati zero and four in the division would have been another win they would have been uh five at six right now and you really would have been talking about whether they could turn this around so yeah we didn't pick them to beat cincinnati at all so we'll see how this works out you know what i mean um, yep. it, it's always anything is possible, especially if Harbaugh decides to go for two. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll do it for us here, folks. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, my name is Joe Kuzma. His name is Brian e. Roach, and we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website www.steelcityunderground.com